Hello and welcome to History Slices podcast. This is episode six. I'm Rachel. And I'm Jacob. And in this podcast, we discuss various bits of history that Jacob has selected to talk about. Oftentimes, I'm not very familiar with the topic, but I usually have a lot of questions and we have a nice conversation about it, have fun discussing it. We hope that you enjoy listening. Jacob, what is the topic for this episode? Right. I don't know if it was um, in our last episode or if it ended up being edited out. You mentioned to me that, hey, why don't we do like a story or a topic that's more local? I thought, well, that's a good idea. So today, because we live in the Pacific Northwest, I thought, hey, let's talk about D.B. Cooper. Cool. I'm looking forward to this. I do recognize D.B. Cooper. I Mm. know, you know, sort of a rough outline of who he was, and I'd forgotten that he was from kind of our neck of the woods. Yeah. uh, So this is arguably one of the more infamous kind of disappearances slash FBI cases, at least that we're aware of, though they're just a lot of contenders for that, I suppose. It kind of <laughs> depends on who, you're, it, yeah. who you ask. This happened 1971. It was actually the day before Thanksgiving on November 24th. Not to date you or anything like that, but how like how old were you at the time? 1971, I was about four years old. Okay. So, yeah, I had a little brother born that year. Oh, it was nice. definitely around the, the, during the time of, yeah. of this story. You wouldn't remember much of it, I though. don't. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't have been aware of much. That's totally fine. Well, I know when I was four, I didn't know much of anything yeah. going on. <laughs> we're, we're content in our own little world. Yeah, yeah. Though, maybe I shouldn't say this. Um, when I was five, uh, 9-11 happened. So that kind of... <laughs> and do you remember that? <laughs> Vaguely. Okay. But, so, yeah, that was a big one. Okay. Yeah. Um, Interesting. A little note. more grimmer <laughs> than yes, what we're covering goodness. today. Well, let's get back to D.B. Cooper. Yeah. So, uh, because this is kind of, I don't know if complicated is the right word for it. But it's definitely a um, kind of in-depth, or not in-depth, but in-depth enough for the sake of this format. I want to go through kind of the timeline of what we know happened okay. um, first. Okay. And then kind of we'll get into like some of the the aftermath and some of the events that came after. Cool. I don't want to cover all the suspects because there's literally hundreds of them. Wow. <laughs> but... Which we'll it's get astonishing, into. actually, that there were so many mm-hmm. suspects. Well, this was like their focus was on this for like years because it was such like a crazy out of a movie thing that is kind of shocking it happened. But we'll we'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, basically, what we know is on November 24th, 1971, a man calling himself Dan Cooper, which is probably not his real name. And yes, Dan, not DB. Uh, I wonder where the... DB it was came a, in. it was a typo actually oh, that's, that's actually funny yeah it, it's funny because dan doesn't that, sound as word, cool <laughs> it doesn't sound near as cool sorry dan yeah <laughs> but, uh, but also the fact that it's a typo i mean typewriters it would have been easier it was easier to make typos mm-hmm. and, and leave them you know before with typewriters in 1971 so anyway sorry. yeah no uh, it's a little funny context there yeah yeah so he um he shows up in portland Right, Portland, Oregon. And he gets a one-way ticket on uh, Northwest Orient Airlines, specifically uh, flight number 305. Funny, I've never heard that airline before. Yeah, I don't know if they're still around or not. I didn't think to to look. But regardless, the ticket cost about 
twenty dollars, twenty bucks, which I actually adjusted for inflation because I thought it was a long enough ago. I, yeah, I feel like there'd be a difference. Cool. Yeah. Uh, today in today's money, it'd be sixty four dollars and twenty seven cents. No, where was his destination? Did you say? That? Oh, uh, it was to Seattle, Washington. Oh, from Portland to Seattle, such a just a, like a it's a not jump long. Across. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very much okay. like. Okay, that's actually a pretty good deal. <laughs> airline ticket for today. Yeah, yeah, for today's there. money. Yeah, yeah. Like a few hours, but that's yeah. Okay, so he was going from Portland to Seattle. Yep, his description, because luckily no one was hurt or anything out of this, which is... That's good. We'll lay that groundwork first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no one no one got hurt except for, well, we'll get into theories as to what happened to him. Okay, um, to, to afterwards, himself. To, to Cooper, yeah, to the Coop. But he, uh, he was described by, because a lot of um, people saw him a lot, like, like stewardesses and passengers and stuff notice this guy they described him as being in his mid-40s is kind of five to six feet that's such a broad yeah i know right (laughs) but it's like wait how how else we describe someone uh weighing around that's hard to judge but 170 to 180 pounds so i guess that's pretty tight tighter than the height one yeah he was wearing a business suit with an overcoat i never pictured him wearing a business suit with an overcoat that's interesting yeah Brown shoes, a black clip-on tie, which is a little weird. And we know it's clip-on because of what happened later. So much detail. And he was had a white shirt. Yeah, well, reason why people think that this is an accurate description is because after the fact, a lot of sewers were interviewed that night uh-huh. separately, and their description of him lined up pretty nicely. Uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's how they think I that. love that picture. I love being able to see that. For some reason, I wasn't picturing that at all. No, it's all good. He um, apparently had brown eyes, and he was carrying with him a briefcase and a paper bag, which is like kind of a weird figure already. <laughs> but, I know. I wonder. I'm trying to figure out. I'm but it was to... the 70s, so I don't know. Yeah, Maybe that was more normal. I was trying to think. I was like, okay, well, back then, oh, it's a very short flight, so he wouldn't have been probably expecting to be fed on the flight, and so he probably, mm-hmm. unless he was carrying a snack or something with him, but. The service on airplanes used to be a little bit nicer. Like you used to actually mm-hmm. get snacks and and meals and stuff on longer flights. But I don't know if anybody would have been suspicious of that pla- that paper bag or the or briefcase not. or yeah. The briefcase probably not. I mean, he no, was dressed in a not. suit and he could have been traveling for business. Yeah, I think the paper bag might have raised more eyebrows than nowadays. the briefcase. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now when you talk about like nowadays, it. it Funny because if it happened nowadays, there would have been cameras all over the place oh, from the time he got have, out of his car. We would have had lot. him on lock. Yeah, now, you can't. The reason why there's because plane hijackings used to be more common, mm-hmm. so it was like more that the fact that he disappeared off the grid afterwards yeah. that had them riled up more than the fact that he hijacked a plane. Yeah, because that stuff was more common back then. Um, yeah. this was obviously before like um nine yeah. eleven or anything like that. And, yeah. It's funny you talk about, or you mentioned um, cameras. Yeah, well, you mentioned the service because oh. when he was on there, he did actually order a, a bourbon and a soda. Oh, which is so interesting. They, they had drink. You, they had drink uh, service you in can, that short flight. Yeah, order bourbon on, yeah. <laughs> on an airplane. Yeah, you can now too. Oh, can you? Yeah. Oh, well, it's super expensive. So, so is what I know. Yeah, <laughs> well, I guess it might have been less expensive then because I don't know. I don't think he was like carrying loads of cast with him or whatever yeah, just from a bourbon huh? that's so interesting okay mm-hmm. i love all the details yeah so the plane takes off right um a little bit later it was hard for me to really pinpoint like time stamps so to speak yeah um but it was it was a little bit later like a few minutes or you know half hour what have you 
Cooper, he gets the attention of a stewardess who's passing by. He gives her a note. C doesn't look at it at first. She actually just puts it in her pocket, walks out, you know, like, oh, thanks, you know. Uh, <laughs> She's probably thinking, oh, this guy's trying to give me his number. Or yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Cooper, he kind of flagged her down and got her attention. And this is an exact quote that the stewardess said he said. He said, Miss, you better look at that note. I have a bomb. Which Yikes. is, I don't know what you think of that, but to me, that's equal parts terrifying and hilarious <laughs> because it's like, oh, crap, this guy is like threatening to blow up the sip. But it's funny that he was trying to be discreet about it. Yeah. And, yeah. and it flew and right she over just her head. She's like, do to do on my way. Yeah, yeah. Too busy to look at your note. So, um, so you had her sit next to him, right? Because she's probably terrified at this point. He tells her, mom's in the briefcase. He opens up the briefcase and shows her what's inside, which I don't know if. It was actually a bomb or not, but it looked like a bomb from her description. And I don't know if she like yeah. would know what that looks like. So do you think anybody knows whether or not it was an actual bomb? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's hard to tell because he. It, it would never detonated. So. Yeah. But what she described was red colored sticks, like covered oh, in wires, yeah. like wires all over the place. Dynamite or something. Something like that. Yeah. Something cartoonist looking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's an actual, like Acme. what they look like. I don't know anything about it. On it. Yeah. <laughs> he was just carrying around like a copy of the anarchist cookbook or something. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. So he didn't ask and it was probably more like told, but the account I read, it was, he asked <laughs> um, her to write down his demands, like what he was saying and give it to the captain. So, and what were those demands? Yeah, what uh, were those demands? Yeah, he uh, he wanted two thousand dollars by five p.m. in cash. Uh, he wanted just two thousand dollars. I'm sorry, uh, two hundred thousand. Oh, two hundred thousand. I misread like, my notes. I'm trying to think. Okay, two thousand dollars was more back then, but still wasn't like a no, no. Sorry, well, I I skipped 000. over to two okay. zeros. And how long did he give them to get the two hundred thousand? By five p.m. Um, okay, so he wanted the money by five. But do you remember what time the flight took off? Yeah, it was two fifty. Two fifty. So p.m. Yeah, almost three o'clock. So that's a couple hours. Do you know by chance how long the flight? Yeah, took? it's a or at least in today's standards. Yeah. I don't know if there's any difference in how plane how fast planes went back then. Yeah. But day standards, it's fifty seven minutes. Okay. So, so about an hour or okay, so. Okay. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. That, so that there's kind of a time lapse there. So uh, yeah, if he was in the air and he demanded. $200,000 by that time, let's just say he was halfway into his flight. So he gave him about an hour and a half, but he would still have like an hour on the ground. Mm -hmm. He, uh, there's a couple strange things with how he, his demands and how he acted and stuff uh -huh. that kind of fueled speculation as to like who this person is. And one of the theories, I was kind of saving this for later, but one of the theories is that he might've not really, thought this through <laughs> oh curious okay well i don't want to i like the way that you laid out the order that we're going to be you know, Sir, gonna yeah it, so I'll, we'll get I'll into that to, more yeah. for reasons why people might might yeah, think that's that really curious okay so so proceed so right so he wanted uh two hundred thousand he wanted to put in a knapsack and he said i want two back parachutes and two front parachutes so four parachutes and all and when we land i want a fuel truck ready to refuel and again, this is a quote by him. No funny stuff or I'll do the job, which is, that sounds like he, he uh, like it came from a movie. Yeah. No <laughs> funny stuff or I'll do the job. In other words, I'll, I'll activate the bomb. Yeah. yeah. 
So uh, he wanted four parachutes. Either yeah. he was paranoid and wanted to make quadruply sure that a parachute didn't fail him. Well, maybe. Uh, we'll get into what he or, did with that later. But. Or maybe he wanted four because he was afraid that if he just requested one, they would have like packed it incorrectly. Or something <laughs> like that, yeah. Uh, another strange thing about his demands is he wanted all the money in 200, uh, not $200, $20 bills. That's got to be a lot of Yeah, total. right? That's a little like, weird. I wonder how much space that would take up. I don't know. And that's, that's a lot of math. Yeah, that is. And I don't want to do it because <laughs> I'm not okay. good at math. So it landed. The flight landed. There was 36 um, hostages, like passengers. They were released. He got his money in his parachutes. However, he kept some of the uh, crew members on the plane because he wanted further, like, uh, insurance that like, hey, don't follow me, you know that type of stuff. Don't don't try to yeah, arrest it's me. Collateral. Yeah. Then he ordered the the plane to go to Mexico City, which is like in the opposite direction yeah. of, yeah. But he also, and this is another kind of interesting thing. He wanted the plane to stay below ten thousand feet, which is pretty low. That's that's really low because typically, uh, large airplanes will fly around thirty thousand. I think once they hit altitude mm -hmm. I but I don't know how high airplanes where you know people are jumping out of them I don't know how high people oh I don't usually know jump 30,000 is probably way too high that's probably why it was 10 I'm yeah guessing. Uh, yeah probably um so there's um about this point right in the um, like halfway to Mexico City or so he reportedly put on some dark sunglasses it's again seems like a movie thing. This is the part where it starts to make me think of like the Unabomber. I don't know. Yeah, why. well, well, he also wore dark sunglasses, <laughs> yeah. but I think, I think the difference is, and I have no idea because I don't know these people, but I get the impression that Ted Kaczynski wore sunglasses and like a hoodie to kind of hide who he was. Yeah, because he was a paranoid, like schizophrenic jerk. Um, well, <laughs> DB Cooper put it on because. He thought it looked cool or something, you know, like that's kind of the impression I get. I don't know if that's yeah. accurate, but that's, but the sunglasses ended up like when the police sketched this guy, right? Yeah. Which is a very famous kind of um, sketch of him. They, uh, the sunglasses are like really prominent on it. Um, there's actually a couple sketches, but like the one that people recognize, or at least the one that's like, oh, hey, it's D.B. Cooper. It's like. It's from, you know, eyewitness accounts and stuff, but they include the sunglasses. We can put up on the Facebook page. It did page. include the sunglasses, which at that point would have just been a few of the crew. Yeah. That right would have yeah, that but description. That's interesting. I I'll say this. His sketch makes him look like a member of the Men in Black. <laughs> like, <laughs> so he looks Because cool. he's wearing a suit and he's yeah. kind of this like clean saving, lengthy dude. And he's wearing these dark sunglasses. It's a really good sketch. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, like the composite. Anyways, uh, by the way, the pilot, and this is what makes people think he always attended to jump and didn't attend to reach Mexico City. The pilot claimed that he chose the route to Mexico City, not uh, Cooper. That's one of the things. That's interesting. And that kind of makes sense because I don't, you know, I guess it would have been hard for D.B. Cooper to, to pick a route. But yeah. then that's just, that makes me think about that not well thought out thing. Because yeah. if, if D.B. Cooper doesn't know 
the route he's taking and he doesn't intend to go to Mexico City, he has no clue where he's going to be mm-hmm. jumping out over. Well, here, here's the here's a funny thing is that it all seems very meticulously planned until he jumps out. There's two schools of thought is that like either a Cooper is a mad genius, like some sort of like fourth dimensional chess, like mass criminal mastermind. And the other school of thought is that Cooper is an idiot <laughs> who's seen one too many movies and is like just. Are you in the second? Uh, well, I, I honestly, I think both are funny to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I don't really have an opinion on that, but it's just, it's interesting that there, you can kind of have two separate readings of it. And both of them kind of make sense. Yeah. So when they were between Seattle and Reno and Nevada, he took off his tie, and that's how he knows a clip-on tie, because oh, it he yeah. snapped off, which also doesn't seem as cool, but whatever. Then he, they he had them open the rear doors of the plane like this, and then he jumped out with the money. He was wearing all four parachutes. <laughs> I just don't get that at yeah, all. Yeah, so that's like, hmm, okay. And that was the last anyone ever saw him. So curious. Yeah, and keep in mind... And it's it was, such a broad, though, between somewhere between Seattle and Reno. Yeah, and it keep... It seems like the pilots would have a better idea when he jumped out. you think so, but keep in mind it was also nighttime by the time he jumped out. So jeez, oh, he jumped out at the nighttime. That makes sense because it was 5 o'clock. He didn't leave before 5 p.m. in Seattle. Mm-hmm. How interesting, though. But still the pilots would have had been able to narrow it down yeah. somewhat, you know, how far they traveled. And yeah, sort of thing, yeah. So. No, they definitely... Um, I think they definitely did, but it was one of those scenes where they couldn't find any like, like evidence of like where he came down. There wasn't yeah. like any. So could I uh, just yeah. sort of side note, interesting side note. He took off that tie. Nowadays, mm-hmm. that tie probably had DNA on it. They probably could have. We'll get to figured that. Out. Okay. Cool. I, I'm glad okay. you're thinking of that because yeah. yes, because uh, that would have been one piece of evidence that they left behind. Absolutely. I still didn't understand the four parachute thing. No, I think that they could have probably. That could have the people things up right there. The people working on the this case, they theorized that he might not have been an experienced jumper. <laughs> I don't think you had to go too far to no. That, well, that, I no, mean, well, when, when when you lay it out like that, and then like they didn't think he knew what he was doing. Yeah, but I mean, like that's so um, funny. That's why they thought he wasn't. You know, I mean. I'm, it's so curious. I wish I could be in his brain trying to figure out what happened. Yeah, I, a lot in, of people. In the dark. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine? He must have been terrified. Strapped with cash, <laughs> twenty dollar bills. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. He seemed like pretty calm, and collected throughout like the whole thing. But then again, it's also coming from a lot of like scared plane workers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, not saying that you know. Yeah. They didn't he have was good either heads. Insane, or he was just totally really confident. confident. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the aftermath that, first of all, this investigation lasted decades. Like it was, um, actively. Yeah. Well, we'll get into like kind of the, the kind of some of the changes it went on, but it officially closed, um, in 2016 to give you an idea of how long they spent looking for this guy. Goodness. It, uh, it was like 45 years. Yeah. It was called Norjack, which stands for Northwest hijacking. Okay. So that's just a cool little name there. I know. Right. How much money they, so they spent the initial 200,000 gone and then they spent 45 (laughs) years worth of salaries and Mm -hmm. anyway. Okay. So the first thing they did was, uh, they searched the plane. Well, first of all, they plane landed. They interviewed the people like, who's this guy? What's he look like? You know, they searched the plane for any evidence 
because there's a lot of things that didn't really add up, or at least they're very strange. Like, why ask for all the money in $20 bills, first of all? And why go all the way to Mexico City if you're planning on jumping out, you know? Uh, was that just, like, randomly chosen or what? You know, like, there's a lot of things that are, like, kind of... Or enough things that are, like, different from kind of the typical plane hijacking, at least the playbook at the time. Now, they did get a bit of DNA on the tie, Oh. But they couldn't get a positive, like, identification on it. Okay. So I wonder, I don't know if you have this in your notes, but about what time in that 45 years did that DNA surface? Oh, I don't know. Evidence. I I don't know. Um, But of course, if he didn't have, if he didn't have any record, mm -hmm. then that DNA wouldn't have matched anybody. No, no. Okay. So he was originally wanted for air piracy, which is hilarious to me that that's like, a thing you can be wanted for. <laughs> but, and I don't know if this is still the case or not, but at least at the time, there's a five-year statute of limitations on that. Um, so after a while, the um, what he was wanted for got switched over to um, violating the Hobbs Act, which I looked it up. It's complicated legalese, but basically it's an anti-extortion thing. Interesting. Yeah. And there's no statute of limitations as well. So they can just like, okay, we're good. (laughs) If and when we ever find him, we're (laughs) good. It's been five years and we haven't found him yet. Let's just switch. Now, speaking of the first five years, more than 800 suspects. There's a lot of people that. Yeah. And of course, it's slowly weeded out. That that would be interesting. That's mm, a huge net. Yeah. Well, well, because it was a lot of like people who either weren't accounted for at the time or they were like, you know, like some people confessed to it, you know, like they sent letters to newspapers and stuff. And, yeah, crazy. right. And, and like a lot of people were or not, but you know, like there's one guy we'll get into who like, and we'll get more into this in a bit, but he like later that year hijacked a plane in a very similar fashion. Oh, and they're geez. not sure if he is Cooper or if he's just a copycat guy because he's also like a noted like like kind of criminal, you yeah. know, he's done stuff like that in the past. Oh, interesting. Maybe not to that magnitude necessarily, yeah. but we'll get to that. But they narrowed it down to like 24, I think, uh, eventually. But it was like, it was a lot and they didn't have a lot to go on. As yeah, you think, I was thinking that's what Which I was is why they probably had a lot of suspects because it yeah. was like, well, it could be this guy kind of looks like the skets, but this guy was unaccounted for at the time and he would have been in the area or whatever. And th- this guy is like... You know, whatever, you know, like there's a lot of like uh, suspicion, I guess, starting yeah. around. Even 24 seems like a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, so the next year, 1972, I, I misspoke earlier. I said later that year. It was the next year. Several things happened. Uh, first of all, FBI, several major newspapers got a bunch of letters. D- newspapers, by the way, New York Times. Washington Post, Los Angeles Times, the Seattle Times, like big newspapers. Yeah. A lot of letters were either like confessions, like I did it, I'm cool, I'm him. Something were eulogies for him, which is interesting. Wow. And um, some were just claiming to be like, I'm his brother or whatever, you know, like I know who he is, you know. And all of those were sent to the newspapers. And the FBI. So which kind of calling back to our first episode with Emperor Norton, it's a bit different, but it is always interesting to see the public response to stuff like this because as far as crimes and maybe this is like my flabby liberal ways talking (laughs) or whatever but as far as crimes go you could do a lot worse than uh, exhort some money and then jump out into the night you didn't kill anybody that's true yeah Yeah, that's kind of what i was talking about but 
it would not fly today. <laughs> Trying to blow a plane would not yeah. <laughs> go over well if it was um, nowadays. But November of 1972, two of the people who were impersonating Cooper by the name of Donald Sylvester Murphy and William John Lewis were taken into federal custody on charge of uh, extortion. Were they separately impersonating him? Uh, no, I don't think so. What they were trying to do is they are trying to sell the story to a tabloid. Okay. They were claiming oh, okay. to be, I'm Cooper, here's my yeah. story to a tabloid, get so some money off it. they were kind of in cahoots to get this Yeah, out. yeah, okay. but the yeah, FBI's like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> First of all, we're trying to find this guy. You're not helping. Second of all, that's blatantly like ripping off, because you don't have this story, because you obviously yeah. weren't there, you know. Oh, my goodness. So there's that. Uh, so that's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, in 1980, while camping with his dad, a kid found, and I couldn't find much information about the kid other than it was a kid and he was a guy, <laughs> but he found an old package on a beats at Tina bar filled with $20 bills and massive serial numbers of the ones that Cooper had. Very there was $5,800 in all in that bag. Now, some people, this led to some people thinking that, when he jumped out, some or maybe all of the money fell into the Wasugol. Is that Was- how you say Washugol. Wasugol River. It's a funny name for a river. I, I gotta I, say, I'm only familiar with that because I'm sure Washugal, it's Washington a lovely is... river. It's got yeah. a funny name. It's probably native <laughs> I'm or something. Sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it was in the Washugol River. No. What did you just say about Washugal? Uh, it, that that was the the river the that the, the river beach was on. That yeah. the beach was on. Okay. Mm-hmm. In Washington, probably. Yeah. So it's not very far away from Seattle, not close well, to Mexico City or Nevada. I suppose so. Well, it's yeah. a, that thing where it's like, I don't know which way that river goes or anything, but yeah. um, it's definitely, and this being like nearly a decade later, but it's definitely interesting. Cause, it is. Like, and the fact that it's next to a river mm-hmm. that could have traveled in the river for some For some time. Distance. Yeah, because it was like a, a ratty bag. Like, it was clearly... Not handled for and a what while. What an odd place of amount it. of money to be yeah. in there. It's not like you think that whoever packed it would have packed it in round numbers, not not you know. Uh, I don't know uh, who packed the money. I don't know if it was Cooper himself or he just like stuffed it in, or if it was like the people who handed the money off to him initially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't. Or did the money drop on the way down? What happened between <laughs> yeah. him jumping off the plane and the bag being found yeah. is a question. Like, did it just fall in a river and float down? Did someone else handle it? Or, you know, yeah. like, we don't really know. That's all speculation. Such a mystery. Mm, that, oh, sorry. I was just, I was just thinking, you know, I was during all this time, not hearing all the theories that they've posed mm-hmm. yet, because we're not really in that. I'm, I was sort of coming up with a theory of my own. Okay. But that kind of um, debunked my theory because I was thinking maybe the flight crew were completely all in on this thing <laughs> and they were just going to split the 200 grand. Oh, that's you know? crazy. And so uh, <laughs> they made up this guy. He never was really there and he never really jumped out. And, you know, but that, uh, that was a really far-fetched one. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. I, I, li- I like that though. That's a fun <laughs> little conspiracy theory. Uh, yeah. It could have worked. It could have worked. It. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, the, the fine that this, this might find, it was a dead end. They searched around the area. They like, looked for like any other evidence or bags of money or yeah. anything like that. And they couldn't find anything. Parachute. Parachute. <laughs> torn up parachute hanging from a tree. Yeah. yeah. So it's a very possible people think that he might not have survived the fall. 
Or the jump. Or the jump. Because it was intended to be a well, jump. Well, yeah, but fall. you know what I mean. It, <laughs> it totally... Jumps turn into falls yeah. when it's high <laughs> when enough. When you have enough. four parachutes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there, I mentioned a guy earlier because there was um, there are other air piracy cases and copycat crimes after this. Or possibly copycat crimes because it's one of the things where it's like again i mentioned air a plane hijacking wasn't like entirely rare or uncommon but because this one was so successful quote unquote successful that i think some people like oh shoot i can do that yeah yeah that'll work because it seems like you said it was different so i was thinking Mm -hmm. before cooper that when they hijacked something they would make the pilot fly them to another location and land and Mm -hmm. then they would get off not Attempt to jump out somewhere. Mm-hmm. So the man I'm talking about, Richard McCoy Jr., he was a former Green Beret, which is interesting. Yeah. He uh, Well suited for jumping out of airplanes, I'm sure. You would think so, yeah. He hijacked a United Airlines leaving from Denver, Colorado. Colorado. Jeez. Sorry, all our Colorado listeners. <laughs> Butchered your state name. Um, this is the following year, by the way, 72. He diverted to San Francisco, then jumped out over Utah with the ransom money, which was around 500000 Goodness. Wait, how did he get the ransom money in the air? I don't know. I guess he did like a, a similar land okay. pickup thing. something, yeah. Yeah. But he was actually found and arrested two days later. And the reason he is, it's, yeah, reason he's one of the main suspects for a D.B. Cooper case, first of all, their crimes are very similar, and it happened very close by each other. I actually thought when they heard that it was going down, everybody's like, it's our guy. He's doing it again. Uh, the second reason is he looks a lot like the no kidding the, the police gets. Yeah. Like, I, I looked at his I photo. I they were excited. They were like, this is, this is it. I looked at his photo, and I'm like, that does look a lot like it. Um, yeah. He's kind of got that long face, kind of the same slick back hair. Or not slick back, but short hair, you know. However, he um, they found out that he was accounted for on the day of the yeah, hijacking. He was with his family at Thanksgiving because this was the day before Thanksgiving, right? Right. right. So, so it would have been memorable. It would have been easy to remember where you were. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and enough of his family members or whatever were like, "No, he was there," you know. Yeah. So, oh goodness. Yeah, so that kind of didn't go anywhere. But he was one of like the main suspects just because of like either he was just a copycat criminal who happened to look a lot like descriptions of cooper or he was cooper you know there's two (laughs) possible answers there are other cases like a man named garrett brock trapnell i think his name is he hijacked a plane that was going from los angeles to new york city he demanded money first of all uh, and then he wanted also an audience with president nixon and the release of Angela Davis, who I don't know if you know who she is. He was a political activist back in the day. Oh, my um, goodness. Yeah. So his was politically yeah. motivated. Well, also, he wanted, like, cash, also. cash money as yeah. well. So, I mean, I don't know how much. <laughs> he just upped the ante. He we'll was, like, two birds with one stone. He also wanted to meet with the president, which is crazy. Crazy. So he, he hijacked a plane, but did he jump out? Well, what happened was when the plane landed, he... There was a, a suit out. He got sought. He was wounded. He survived, though. But he ended up being arrested by the FBI afterwards. And, yeah, he, I think he just ended up in jail. But, wow. Mm. And the gal, Angela? Oh, she was originally released on, like, a different thing, I think. Okay. Uh, I didn't look too much into her because yeah. I'm like, I'm really looking yeah. at plane hijackings <laughs> right now unless political <laughs> activists of the 70s. But uh, from what I gathered, she was, she's still around. So. Gosh, seems like so many 
jackets. Okay. I know. Well, the thing is, it's a one. It's a big country. Um, there's a lot of fights. So there's yeah, a lot of stuff happens all the time. And when you look in, because I'm into unsolved mysteries and stuff like that, true crime stories. When you look at it, you're like, man, so much stuff is going down all at once. And the truth of the matter is, it wasn't. <laughs> it's just because it was like again, it's such a big country, and there's a lot of like people living in it that there's just a lot of crime, you know, yeah. uh, and it's gotten a lot better. Not like you don't hear about plane hijackings anymore. Yeah. Probably because of nine 11, sure. honestly, yeah, everything's buckled down so much better. Yeah. But yeah, it was interesting. Another copycat was Frederick. I'm going to make an attempt to pronounce his last name. Hanuman. How do you spell that? H A H N E M A N. Okay. Uh, he hijacked a plane in Allentown, Pennsylvania. He got the money and he parachuted into Honduras, which is his birth country. Um, oh a month later, he was caught. So in Honduras, yeah, I'm that's, assuming, yeah. That's a, so interesting. Right. That one has a whole different <laughs> dynamic to it. I'm yeah, because like, he actually went across like in our national waters. <laughs> yes, that's totally crazy. It seems like it would be. I mean, he must have just. <laughs> that's just kind of funny. I want to go back home and I need some money, so I'll just. Yeah, get to ride with this airplane <laughs> illegally. I think I don't know if it was that so much as he thought that they I'd be safer there from like authorities. Maybe I but don't he know. Was still, he was still caught. Yeah, yeah no, they'd still pursue him. <laughs> I don't know if that's like legal international law or whatever, <laughs> but they still pursued him. So yeah, there weren't any like sign or no confirmed sightings. I should say of him. Um, there were people who like, like there's this one guy. Unfortunately, I forgot to like write down his name there's this one guy who on his deathbed told his wife that he was uh cooper or at least strongly implied he was cooper wow which, that would seem like a credible kind of confession because he doesn't have anything to gain yeah well what that. what it was is his wife kind of put it together after the fact that he was talking about being cooper because of quote-unquote evidence or um stuff like c said that like i wish i remember to write this guy's name down but um she said that her husband would have nightmares about jumping off a plane and at night and he would have like uh i don't know what what was the like stuff that like led her to think that you know that's so interesting but what his i think his words are words like was on a deathbed and he's like there's something i have to tell you but cannot and then he died <laughs> Oh, Which, well, that's not. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Well, that's so that, it was that vague. It was that vague. Yeah. Uh, but that's why I say that. Like, so that's why I it see. wasn't taken too seriously. But yeah. it's sees the one who pierced together thinking, oh, he's D.B. Cooper. Okay. But what a what a thing to say. <laughs> like your last <laughs> words. Hey, I have a secret to tell you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty bad. Then, I'm sure she's going to have to be like. Okay, go through the list of things. Oh, right? yeah. What could it be that he... Is he cheating on me? Yeah. No. Is like, is he oh, gay? He no. He might be D.B. Cooper. Did he kill oh, someone? Things. Do you yeah. know about when that happened? Like, what decade? That no, was that, was, that was decades after, but... Okay. Yeah, no. But there's, like, a lot of cases like that where people are like, I think my brother, or I think my dad might be Cooper. You know, and they look into it, and wow. they wouldn't find anything substantial to be like... Oh yeah, here there there's a smoking gun. It's almost it gets to be. They must have been so frustrated after all these years, mm -hmm. you know, because it's it's like an itch you just can't scratch. He's it's one just... guy. Like at the very least, like if you can't find him, 
alive in like a secret base somewhere surrounded by money <laughs> by $20 bills, you know, at the very least, like, hope not hopefully, but you think you'd find like, like his skeleton hanging from a tree with like a parachute yeah, attached or, or some family member that's like, you know, my brother's been missing or I don't know what happened. Yeah. He disappeared at the same time as D.B. Cooper. Yeah. Well, know? there were some cases I think some like that, persons. but there wasn't like anything that like the profile didn't match or uh-huh. it was just like he was found later alive yeah. in like a different place and it was not him or wow, what a mystery. Yeah. So, but as I'm sure you can imagine the influence on culture was crazy, especially in that area. Um, he became kind of a folk hero, uh-huh. like, you know, pe- you know, like, like he got away with it. Yeah. He got away with it. Yeah. He pulled one over on the, the, the fat cats, so to speak, <laughs> but you know, like people kind of look up to him and stuff. There's been some songs made about him. Um, really? one of the, yeah, I don't want to like play or anything cause copyright, Yeah. but one of them was done by the band, um, Congos, C O N G O S. They did a couple years ago. They did, um, a song called, uh, Come With Me Now, which was like all over the radios and stuff. It was really big. Uh, but they done other songs too. And one of them was about D.B. Cooper and it was very good. I listened to it. Oh um, yeah, there's also a film made in 1981 called The Pursuit of D.B. Cooper. It wasn't very successful, which is probably why I hadn't heard of it until I looked up. Like, yeah. is there any movies made off this guy? Because yeah, that was a decade afterwards. Yeah. Um, and that was the only movie that was ever made? That I found. There might have been some smaller project yeah. that I missed was that movie a documentary it was a um like a thriller thing oh, okay. but yeah it didn't do too well in the box office i don't know people cared enough to see it <laughs> uh the thing that like i know more about because i'm a big fan of the uh tv show twin peaks right as you well know oh, yeah. the main fbi character in twin peaks is named cooper and his initials i can't remember like what his um like david bradley or something oh. but his initials spell out db cooper oh. and it's never how i stated that it's that guy but it's yeah. like kind of a wink wink nod nod nuts nuts if you know yeah that reference so that's and, one of the reasons you probably like hood peaks just because it has those sort of undercurrent kind of well it, it, it's a thing where it's like um i didn't know who db cooper was when i started watching twin peaks uh. But when I found out that there was that connection, and at that point I knew who Cooper was, I was like, or DB Cooper was, I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> like <that's, laughs> yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's really that's really interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, man, I'm trying not to just go off into like a Twin Peaks a thon yeah, yeah. like Good talking job. about. <laughs> yeah, because I can't talk about that for a while. But yeah, no, the influences Twin Peaks has there's usually that type of stuff, like right. that weird unsolved mysteries, UFO yeah. stuff in like. The Northwest area, because yeah. that's where it says in yeah. Washington. But yeah, so he definitely left a mark. He definitely left a mark, regardless of you know his attentions or if he's still around or not. Because yeah. that's the thing some people are like, you know, like I've listened to podcasts and people talk about them, like he could still be alive and listening to this. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it's very possible, but he also could have just died like yeah. horribly in the Which middle of night. Which is so crazy. It's, I can know. see why the investigation would have persisted i mean 45 mm-hmm. years is it's a while it's a long time and i'm sure other stuff came up yeah in the meantime and, and got maybe it just was on like, the back burner and... yeah on the back burner it's kind of open in case other things fell into their lap yeah but you would think after all this time something would have come, come up, up to indicate who mm-hmm. he was what happened to him. well that's why it's such like a famous case i think yeah. is is the mystery and the fact that they never caught him or identified him or anything like that because yeah. of course like 
you know, that's a fake name, Dan Cooper. Like, it's not like his real name. They looked, and it's like, no, there's no one with that. He wouldn't use his real name because he's not that stupid, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So <laughs> That's really crazy. Yeah. So one thing that I was thinking about, you know, not starting with him, of course, but also the other copycats, the other mm-hmm. people who hijacked planes, I just think, what would drive somebody to do that mm-hmm. where the risk is so high? Yeah. And... I mean, the potential for a positive outcome is so low. It's just surprising that there were so many people who were willing to just risk everything like mm-hmm. that and how desperate they must have been feeling in mm-hmm. whatever circumstance. I don't know. It's a yeah. crazy perspective. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, I think I think there's this idea that, like, because planes are in the air and they're pretty isolated, you know, it's not like it's not like holding a billion hostage because then you just get seized, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not like Waco or anything, which is yeah. a little different, but whatever. It's I think it's this idea that like, oh, this is a relatively simple operation. You just got to have the guts to be able to pull it off. Yeah. And I, I'm there are plenty of people who do illegal things like to get money that are just desperate and don't know or can't get money legitimately. And I don't want to like say all criminals are scum. I don't want to be that guy. But a lot of criminals are just stupid, greedy people who don't want to get a real job, you know, uh, or or otherwise think, hey, here's like a get rich quick kind of like scam scheme. Yeah, yeah. Um, both. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, it rarely pans out because they don't think things through. Like even in the case of um, D.B. Cooper, we don't know how much he thought through. We don't know if he was making up as he went along. We don't know if he had like we have no idea who like he a, was. We can't we go don't, back to his apartment and yeah, like, as like oh yeah, here's his journal which he <laughs> lays out all his yeah, which has happened sometimes with some criminals where it's they true, go they back get, to their place and they find a plane strung up on their wall or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, they get, <laughs> like and really that happens a lot. Super villainy. When we know who the people are, they yeah. always go back and and look. Absolutely, absolutely. We don't know how much he had it planned out or not, but there's evidence let's say that's one way to say it that he didn't plan out enough you know the four parachutes thing really stands out to me as like that's weird yeah a professional too. jumper wouldn't one not jump at night unless he had to which maybe or you have you also requested flashlights or yeah or something yeah, yeah. and two um over someplace you not even don't even know where you are yeah yeah but four parachutes see and i've never jumped out of a plane before not but have I. I think you know, I, that's a two bit... parachutes, they're going to get mixed up with each other. Yeah. Unless he would only like, I mean, and there's a certain way to wear parachutes. He had four parachutes, two on his back and two on his front. Yeah. So that's just that, that, and again, I don't know anything about parachuting. Maybe some listening is like, no, you idiot is like this. <laughs> yeah. But like from my limited understanding, that seems really impractical. <laughs> I don't does. know if that would work. It seems you know? like they would really get caught up amongst each yeah. other and, and then they just not function yeah unless he's doing like one but then why the other three i don't know it's like one of those things that's like it's very obtuse and trying to crack this particular nut cell but yeah it's um the successful criminals don't get caught and that's why like um you only hear about dumb criminals getting caught because they weren't successful so part of the mystery of this one is it's like he, he technically he was successful because yeah. he wasn't caught. So mm-hmm. technically, him, or <laughs> he, technically it was a success, but we don't know what happened or out it to killed him. him. And it was a horrible 
you know, outcome. Yeah. <laughs> just like, I'm, I'm just a situation as he's plummeting <laughs> through the darkness, money flying everywhere. He's like trying to grab it. I don't know. But yeah. yeah. Goodness. So yeah, that is D.B. Cooper. That's case. awesome. I that know was... it doesn't really have a satisfying ending, but it's an unsolved mystery. So yeah, I never but at do. least I've only had this unsatisfied feeling for the last 40 minutes or so not 45 years <laughs> <laughs> that's so. true that's true but uh, no it's a good story shout out shout out to our our uh boys of blue of the fbi because like <laughs> that's persistence <laughs> serious perseverance yeah yes. well that's good i enjoyed hearing about db cooper and all those details were really cool i learned mm-hmm. i learned a bit so well that's awesome. why i'm so fascinated by a lot of unsolved mysteries and true crime stories and stuff is because there's a lot of interesting details and you kind of Oh, not always. I shouldn't say that. But a lot of times you kind of learn a bit about the perpetrators or the people involved beyond just what they did. Um, when you really get into details of like, you know, like Which how they did it. Which makes it really interesting, like the psychology of yeah. what happened, what went wrong, what caused them to do that. And all of that's missing from D.B. Cooper because we don't know. If he's a big question mark. And that's he why he's such like a folk hero, I think, and why he's kind of like go to because he's almost a blank slate outside of like what he did. We mm. don't really know a lot about him and like his vague description. Um, but he's like kind of the go to like spook or like, like I said, his police gets and you you'll see him when we. You know, put uh, I know also into now because yeah, it's yeah. we're all talking on a podcast, <laughs> but he looks like a um, man in black, yeah. you know, like some city government official dude. Yeah. It's obviously he isn't, yeah, uh, so outside of Twin Peaks, but you know, yeah, yeah, very cool. So, Jacob, give us a little bit of sneak peek of what's coming up on episode seven, absolutely. Yeah, so we're covering another individual, uh, it's another kind of lighthearted one. So, okay, have you ever heard of Henry Darger? Henry Darger. That one I can't say I'm even ah, familiar with hearing. So this will be fun then. Cool. Yeah. So okay. he, he you we'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> he's he's very be, interesting. I'm watching you uh, like get ready to say something like, wait, don't Yeah, don't yeah, yeah. It. It's it's I'm really excited for that one. So stay tuned in for next week, guys. Because that's, that's, that's awesome. gonna be fun. Looking forward to it, Jacob. All right, listeners, that's a wrap on episode number six of the History Slices podcast. It's been fun. Remember, if you enjoy listening, please share with your buddies and uh, and leave them our way so we get more listeners. <laughs> it's always fun to see people listening, especially as we, we're learning the ropes here a little we're bit Figuring better. this out, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot of fun. So uh, I'm Rachel. I'm Jacob. And until next time. Have fun. Bye-bye. <laughs>